Welcome to the Emotional Health Podcast. I'm Lucy, the host, and this podcast is designed to encourage and equip you in your emotional health through education, interviews, and real-life experiences. Enjoy! Hi everyone, welcome back to the Emotional Health Podcast. Today we have such a treat for you. We have got my lovely, lovely friend, Lance. Um, I know Lance through church. We serve on the youth team together um, and he's just such an amazing guy. And I I say in the podcast at the end how much I was like, when I was thinking about people wanting to interview, I was like, I really want to interview Lance and I'm just so happy he said yes. And he's got some great things to share, some amazing nuggets of wisdom. And I just think you'll be really encouraged from this interview. So yeah you know get your cup of tea on or a cup of coffee or whatever you're doing relax enjoy listening to this interview hi everyone welcome back to emotional health podcast we've got another interview for you today which i am so excited about it is my wonderful friends lance say hello Hello. lance (laughs) hello how are you yeah i'm good thank you how are you good yes not too bad not too bad we were just chatting catching up a little bit before we started this and her saying i had quite a productive day today which was nice but still managed to get in like seeing a friend and that kind of thing so that was so that was really nice um and i've been in well actually the weather's not been as great at the moment no, it's been it alright. Has... but i went out to the pub with friends last night and that was really nice um yeah. actually sat outside um which was really great but yeah how are you how's your day been yes it's been i so i've been working today but um yeah. Yeah, not too bad. It's been quite a busy week at work. Mm. Um, but, I mean, I'm really enjoying these new, like, easing of lockdown restrictions. Yes. Um, so oh it's quite God. nice to have a bit more social mobility. But then also a bit strange after not having some for so long. You're like... Yes. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> it's gosh. Weird, it's a bit of a like, shock to the system. Yeah. It really is. Absolutely. Oh, well, Lance, tell us a bit about yourself. So, you know, who are you? How would you describe yourself? I, I always are, hate asking the question, like, what do you do? Because I know that's so classic, but also yeah. it's it's quite useful to know what, yeah. what, what, what what's your job. Um, but also, yeah, how would you describe yourself? And yeah, just tell us anything you want about yourself. Go for it. Um, yes, it's an interesting one, actually, because I think I was recently thinking about this. This mm. kind of might say the sort of person I am. I'm very deep thinker. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking, actually, why we always attach so much of identity with what we do. Mm, um, yeah. And it's, yeah, such a weird thing. Because when, it when you don't really know someone, you're like, so what do you do? And it's just such an easy go-to. Yeah. But I'm like, that doesn't, that's not going to tell me much because you can no. do... You can do one thing and not be that thing. Um, yes. But in that same vein, I am a <laughs> digital marketer. This is marketer. what I do, though. <laughs> um, so I work in a digital marketing agency so cool. in Brighton. So we are essentially creating adverts for um, lots of different clients um, on your Instagrams, on your Facebooks, every time you search on Google and there's like ads at the top. That is essentially what I make. Um, So essentially using people's data. um, (laughs) (laughs) Let me not say that in case um, other marketers out there listening. Do you, have you seen like those like documentaries on Netflix where it's looking Mm -hmm. into that kind of like stuff like, was it the social network was one or is that the film? um there was something social dilemma yes that was was it it. social dilemma social networks the film about facebook yes social dilemma yeah if you watch those kinds of things yeah i do and i I mean to a degree 
what I do isn't so similar. It's a bit like no, those versions yeah. are like um, they're like a very dramatic version. But recently, yeah. actually, iOS fourteen, the update, has really affected oh, yeah. my work. So essentially, mm. on apps, your your apps won't attach a cookie very technical okay. term but your yeah. apps won't be attaching a cookie onto you as a user so usually on mm-hmm. iphones every single app you download as soon as you open it a cookie is attached to you which okay. essentially is sold to people like facebook and then yeah. to people like myself who monitor what you do from facebook what do you go do around the web um and yeah. now that's gone so um oh, interesting it's gonna be interesting to see how we track users because a lot of yeah my work is um around user behavior so for example if you see an ad on facebook and then you go on site even a day later it's quite important in my job to still say my ad the ad contributed to that sale um so all these sort of things it's going to be an interesting um because now we uh, even privately we want more Mm. data i want more my data to be more private um Mm. But then also there's advertising industries that essentially making money off of <laughs> same yeah. very data. That's so fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's an interesting industry. Sometimes I, I get um, a bit of a dilemma, like, oh, am I m- making people buy stuff they don't want? <laughs> mm. But um, I think sometimes you have to see it as you're helping the right people find what they yeah. want. Absolutely. And like, you know, I, I actually like sometimes I'm like, oh, that's actually a really relevant ad to me. And I know mm-hmm. that it's because they've tracked me and yeah. they know what I like. And I know that, but I'm not mad about it. You know, it's still my choice whether I go and buy that thing. Um, mm-hmm. But it is really interesting. I wonder, do you think that move by Apple in terms of the iOS update is in kind of response to kind of a lot of more awareness about, you know, privacy and cookies and all of that kind of thing? I do, but mm. then also I think Apple mm. probably have their own agenda. Um, that is so true. Because now <laughs> that data Apple can keep. So Interesting, okay. I wonder if Apple will produce something of their own for advertisers mm. say, if you don't, we're not giving it to Facebook, but you can buy it off of us. Um, okay. So I think yeah. it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But I think as a general, people want their yeah. data stored in a safer way or used in a safer way but I sometimes think similar to yourself I I also do want ads that make sense for me so sometimes like do you know what go ahead and use my like behaviors on online (laughs) 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 oh that's so interesting yeah just it's such an interesting concept isn't it and just so different to how we've you know, adverts are so different nowadays to how mm. they probably were, even like 10 years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. And even like the use of like influencers and that kind of yeah. thing, you know, yeah. ads are it's much more creative nowadays, mm. which is quite cool in some ways because the traditional, you know, seeing an advert on the telly, I, I mean, I don't really watch live TV. Mm. Um, I pretty much just watch Netflix or Prime or, you know, or I catch up on something. Um, and very rarely do I see an advert on the telly now, yep. actually. So if they're trying to get through to me, it's actually like, well, an advert on the telly is not going to. But even before, I don't know if I ever was swayed by an advert on the telly. Um, yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, it's interesting. But yeah, it's so fascinating to see how it's changing. Do you, does your company sort of look at those kind of 
changing trends and that yeah. kind of thing a bit more yeah I mean as a whole I think working in digital marketing you're always learning something new um there's yeah. always new stuff coming out like for example TikTok's massive now and brands want to yes. be on there so it's yeah. quite a great industry in a sense working in agency I work on across mm. different industries I'm mm. also working across different platforms so you're always mm-hmm. learning something new and um advertising is the industry that adapts with people so if we suddenly like to communicate in a certain way or want to be communicated in a certain way mm-hmm. advertising mm-hmm. has to change before it was yeah. newspapers you'd want a slot on the front yeah. page whereas now yes um it, it is short interactive creative videos yeah. that just are snappy um so it's a really interesting role it obviously yeah. can be really challenging and very technical um but i yeah I'm, really enjoying my sort of career in it so far (laughs) oh that's so good I love that how long have you been in that world at the moment yeah two coming up to two years now which yeah is um yeah it's a good substantial amount of time and I still feel like I have so much to learn there's always yeah like I don't think I ever can go to work like I there's every there's I know everything I'm always like yeah yeah (laughs) here we go yes (laughs) yeah that's quite cool do do you I mean you kind of touched on it guess a bit there but do you enjoy that do you enjoy the fact you're in an industry where you can constantly be learning new stuff yeah I think if I if I wasn't I'd get bored I'm someone who I I love a challenge I love to be Mm. um sort of stretched and to grow and Mm -hmm. to sort of be a thinker and what's quite nice is a lot of the times you will get sort of your client's giving you a slight challenge or they want to achieve something and then the budget it's you have to be very creative in the terms of ways that you are going to use all your resources in marketing to deliver good results so Mm -hmm. you're always always thinking um and you get to do it in a team in an agency so it's quite nice that you're not like on your out on your own um you get to sort of have a team have other brains um and all think a bit differently at the same problem so yeah i definitely think um i definitely won't be getting bored anytime soon no that's great I love that that's brilliant oh that sounds so great um and I do love the fact you mentioned TikTok because yeah I I was one of those people who got it during the pandemic yeah in lockdown <laughs> and was the classic like oh I've heard people sort of talking about this so I'm sure you know and then a day in I was like I am so addicted to this yeah, app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is like, it's crazy. And then I do, with my photography, I do quite a lot of sort of TikToks and reels and that kind of uh-huh. thing. And they are the highest amount like of engagement. Like some mm. of them you can get insane amount of views. And then, but it's always the ones for me, the ones I put loads of effort into don't get as many views. And then the yeah. ones I do on a whim where it's just no much, they suddenly skyrocket. And I'm like, well, this doesn't make Honestly, any sense at all. I, <laughs> the I, someone said is, yeah. that the algorithm is trying to like tease you in, like it will make yes. one video blow up and then yeah. it will purposely suppress all your other views. So you kind of keep making yes. them hoping for another and then yeah. it will give you a spike. Um, but even some for someone who works in advertising, I don't even know if this is true, but I'm like, mm. if that is, that's, yeah. I mean. <laughs> it's a savage, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite cool. <laughs> Because when you when you when something works in TikTok, it's like great. I'll keep doing yes. more of this, and it's like no, yeah, doesn't nope. doesn't, <laughs> yeah, doesn't work. The, the amazing thing is, is I've seen quite a few creators like create TikTok videos about that problem oh. um, using like popular sounds and stuff. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they'll promote that one. I always yeah. think like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I do love it. Oh well, that sounds great. And um, yeah, what do you, things do you? do to relax and what kind of things do you enjoy and that kind of thing yeah 
Um, so I guess I'm originally from Zimbabwe, so that's mm-hmm. a country near in the southern part of Africa. Um, mm-hmm. To give a bit of context, I've just been talking about my job, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I sort of, I moved here when I was eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I'm, I massively love to do is fashion. So I'm a Mm. I used to fashion blog. I don't really do as much anymore, mm. um, which is again the sort of person I am. I think I yeah. I'm I pick up. I have lots of hobbies. Like I think there's yeah. I once heard there's a term of like people who can like pick up stuff, and I'm quite happy to like, pick something up, do it for a year, put it back down. Yeah. Um, but then it means sometimes you never get really good at something because you're just doing lots okay. of things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm quite happy to sort of pick that up. So I used to fashion blog, um, and I do it a lot less, but I still like enjoy taking. Um, photos Mm. online and um, I so I guess tying it back to my heritage in Africa Mm. like your attire is such a like integral part of culture Mm. and it's like a massive cultural thing to like wear vibrant colors or use Um, even when you really look at like um, historic African like Mm -hmm. textiles there's yes, so yeah. much um, technique and purpose mm. put into it. So growing oh. up, I just grew up with a mentality that like fashion is art and what you wear is oh. art and um, yeah. what you wear is also really representative of who you are, but kind of like wh- where you belong. Because um, a lot of the time yeah. that's what you do. You'd have tribe colours. Mm. I mean, that, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's what I grew up doing, but yeah, yeah, when, yes, you, yeah. when you learn about sort of even African tales that you'd be told as a child like I'm sure they have English versions but um it would yeah (laughs) just be so inweaved with like fashion and I mean not Mm. direct fashion like consumerism fashion Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. I don't know how what word I'd describe it so yeah I think that's been a massive thing that I've enjoyed I enjoy to do a lot for myself um because I'm always tying it back to identity um yeah because I heard a really powerful quote when someone said your fashion or your clothing is simply a costume that you put on every single day. Um, and oh, even wow. people who that. say that it's not a costume and they, they don't, they're not yeah. performing, they, then they don't um, sort of try to keep up with style. But that's yeah. also a costume that you're p- picking. Yes. So yes. every choice you make and every choice you don't make mm. is a choice. Um, yeah. so it's, it's so interesting oh, to think of wow. clothes like that so it even really when you, is isn't it yeah when you meet yeah. people who's, who are like oh oh I just like I haven't put much effort in it but that's a choice uh, but mm-hmm. not not trying to uh you know but everything that is a choice and how we put yeah. ourselves together is a way that even if for example you're feeling down and you choose mm-hmm. an outfit because of that that's a costume that you're now going out into the world representing yes. someone's how you're feeling on the inside so it's really yeah. interesting when you start thinking of fashion like that rather than just like ASOS or like yes <laughs> yeah 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 that sort of stuff wow that's that's so interesting Lance and I love that and I guess going back to yeah your um your roots and especially like African culture and your fashion it sounds very like it's all very purposeful and it sounds mm. like because I think you know, you've probably got an opinion on this, you know, in the culture we're living at the moment, fast fashion and, you mm. know, co- you know, keeping up with trends and that kind of thing. And it all get very overwhelming and you kind of lose a bit of it. You know, you're just buying a top for the sake of wearing it in one picture and then yeah. throwing it out. And, you know, like you're saying, you're kind of like you're trying to represent something and it's, mm. you know, you're maybe rep- trying to represent the current style and that kind of thing. And what I love about what you're saying is it does really sound like everything has a bit of a meaning and a story sort of behind it and that 
that can be shown through clothes and mm. actually how powerful that can be. Yeah, what, absolutely. What are your thoughts on like the current? I think there's we've seen a bit of a shift in terms of you know, especially in I think in the UK about that kind of shift of wanting slightly more sustainable, less fast fashion, like that kind of thing. What mm-hmm. I guess what are your thoughts on that kind of? thing at the moment yeah I think I have I have lots of thoughts because I am someone Mm -hmm. I I wrote a blog piece about like my three tips for shopaholics who so I love to shop um oh we'll definitely be linking that in in our little episode (laughs) description definitely Um, go check that out that'd be great and yeah I love to shop but then I'm also super convicted or in terms of how sustainable is it? Because I, I'm not sure if anyone did watch the Stacey Julie documentary. It was a couple of years ago on fashion, <gasps> fast fashion. Yeah. I, and, I, I think I saw some clips on YouTube of it. I don't think I ever watched the whole thing. Well, she was saying in it that fashion is the second most polluting industry, like uh, under yeah. oil. And when you think that is insane, that like fashion that and insane. oil are in the same like parallel of um, yeah. s- like how sustainable yeah. it is. Yeah. And that just really sort of, shocked me and I thought I am someone who's massively contributing to that and also at the time I was like quite heavily like posting like maybe two outfits a week um Mm. and I just thought how is if we class them as influencers how is that influencing other people um Mm. and I think there is this now idea like if you are an influencer you're never Mm. seen dead in the same outfit like no (laughs) Mm. you almost work once and then just get rid of it um whereas I think where you look at going back to heritage and even which is what I really really love this is something my auntie always who and mm. she still lives in Africa she always says she says she can literally have five pieces of clothing and make it look like she has a whole like wardrobe oh. of 30 things and it's about mixing and matching she I honestly remember growing up she always used to say you mix and match yeah. you mix and match and I think yeah um that's almost what I love about the purposefulness of it knowing mm knowing the art of fashion rather than this consumerist idea that we need lots of different clothes rather than like if you look at it as as a costume or as like almost a puzzle piece or a piece of painting like an artist would say if I have four colours if I mix those I can make more Mm. Um, and it's kind of the Mm. idea of like what can you do with less um, if you view it as a form of art but I think I mean that's me answering it all over the place I think in in a way towards sustainability I think we especially someone who is you know God I believe in God I Mm. I also think I don't want to contribute towards someone else's slavery or someone else's Mm. imprisonment or someone else's mistreatment and I think that's where I've sort of drawn the line with someone who loves fashion and love and I if I could I would unfortunately be one of those people who'd wear things once yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Um, but I think that only for me to be churning out that much Mm -hmm. someone else has to pay a price and I think that's something I'm not willing to do so I think Mm. you can get really creative and I think that's when you really have fun with style I yeah again going back to TikTok I saw a TikTok where they said Mm. are you really fashionable or are you just buying what's in trend on ASOS and I thought that's so true because it's so easy to go online and just buy go into the new clothing and just buy whatever's there but yeah if you were given a piece of fabric, could you turn it into something? If you were given a uh, mm. sort of charity shop finds, could you turn mm. that into like four different outfits? I think that's yeah. when I would class someone as stylish. 
<laughs> yes, I love that. That's so interesting. And I love, I love talking about this kind of topic. Um, I think it's so true. And actually, yeah, I sort of last year, I kind of, or the year before set myself a challenge of mm. trying to only buy sort of secondhand or, you know, independent retailers, that oh, kind of thing. That. Um, and it definitely was not the whole year, you know, there was definitely the occasional H&M purchase that was thrown <laughs> in there. Um, and I have to say, it's the H&M new in that mm. always is the one that gets me. I'm like, yeah. oh, and then they have the thing where you don't have to pay now and you can pay in a month's time and it's so easy and I think oh I'll just get it I'll try it on and I'll return it if I don't like it never return it and yeah anyway so sometimes I fall in traps that but I fell in love with looking around charity shops and because you just you don't know what gems you're going to find Mm, and I found mm. some just truly amazing pieces like things from really high-end quality places like Hobbs or something like that. Yeah. Got this lovely jumper from it, which was obviously just uh, so much cheaper than you would new. And it was just such lovely quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find it really exciting, not really knowing what you're going to get in there. And you could find something that you just absolutely fall in love with. Yeah. And I just, I actually, I just was like, I couldn't believe actually how much I loved it. I mean, growing up, I definitely would have been like, oh, I don't want to shop in a charity yeah. shop. And, and, and now I'm like, oh my days, I want to go to a charity shop. I'm so excited. I love this um, Yeah. And we live in, I live in Hove and that has some really lovely charity shops. Um, I've heard that's where the COS, really... is that the COS charity yes, shop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the place where it's got lots of like COS stuff and like, yeah, it's a, I think that one's the British Red Cross, I think. Um, mm. And that's, a, that's great. In fact, I did go there today and I bought a top that was from Zara. Oh, wow. um, and it's this like green, slightly knitted sort of short sleeve top that um, it was it was very nice. It was it only sounds, like four quid. Yeah, that sounds also yeah. very in trend. It was so look at that. I know, I know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Still stay on trend in the charity shop. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's great to sort of hear more about, you know, obviously. I know you, but it's lovely for the listeners mm. to sort of hear more about kind of things you're interested in and, you know, um, those kind of things. Um, obviously, we're here to talk about emotional health as well. Yeah. Um, so I always ask, you know, before we go into the five a day in a bit, I always talk mm. to my guests about, you know, what their experiences are of thinking about their emotional health, mental mm-hmm. health, that kind of thing. So I guess for you, Lance, you know, what what kind of experiences do you have of it? Or, you know, what's your, I guess, awareness of your own emotional mm. health? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's such a, a good question. Um and I think almost going back to what I was sharing a bit earlier on about me moving from Africa. So I come from a very large family, um mm-hmm. and I have lots of siblings and my mm. both on my mum's side and my dad's side, so do they, so lots of cousins. So I mm. came from like a really well connected family. Um mm. and then I moved here when I was about eight. And um, I think actually being uh, a child of a first generation immigrant really Mm -hmm. impacted my emotional health without me realising it's only now that I'm a bit older that I'm like unpacking it. Because I always just see it as like this like, oh, it was... Because if you're from somewhere, I I, I don't like calling them third world countries because I I, I think they're very... um, it paints out like such a stereotypical picture yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of these, those countries. It is, yeah. Um, but a lot of the time your media is American or English. So like you're mm-hmm. always watching American TV. So like you're always so excited yes. to like go and do like British things and go to London. Uh... Um, so I always used to look back at my experience of moving here and think it was very yeah. positive. Like 
It was. Mm -hmm. But I think Mm -hmm. I really um, almost buried so much experience and so much Mm. trauma that I was carrying Mm. from moving here. Like, even one thing I've realized is when I, every single time I have to book a holiday, even with friends, if I'm Mm. I'm so, I get so anxious when I have to book a sporadic holiday. And I didn't realize it was because of the, like, idea of flying. Because, like, the very first time I flew, I was Mm -hmm. leaving everything I knew. Um, and I actually flew yeah. alone because I, my oh, mum, yeah, my mum oh. came earlier to England and I came yeah. a couple months later. Um, so I flew alone at eight, never been on a flight, got, like completely. <gasps> wow. So I think it, all these little things, and I think when you're quite yeah. young, in, um, experiences like that can be qu- quite like make such a footprint in in Hugely, your life totally and how agree. you view things. Yeah. Um, so I think that was actually an interesting way. I think I started like puberty being Mm. someone who already was not just culturally different, but Mm. was now black in a mostly white world. Mm. I think it's done me, it's made maybe my emotional health sometimes harder Mm. to manage, but then also I Mm -hmm. think sometimes it's been the very thing that's made my emotional health um, quite healthy as well, because from a very... Um, young age I had to also be as much as I said I I buried a lot down I think Mm -hmm. but I also had to be very much in check with Mm -hmm. where I'm at emotionally Um, so what I mean by that is I think and a bit study psychology so I sometimes yeah. psychoanalyze my like my own emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I do the same thing. <laughs> but I think sometimes when you are in a new such a new environment, you almost go into super alert mode and you, you don't mm-hmm. realise that's yeah. what it is. And I think that's kind of what I guess trauma is, like you're just on such yeah. so much adrenaline yes. but for so long that you don't know yes. why you're so like why am I so a bit drained? But it's because yeah. for so long of your life, you've been in the state of like, anything could happen at any moment, anything yeah. could change. And I think that actually mm. is the story of a lot of immigrants because mm. you come over, you, like I have to give my hats off to my mum. She just worked yeah. so hard and had to go through so many trials as a single oh. mother now in a new country. But you are then so self-aware yeah. because of that like alertness and like you're studying everything all these new terms everything you're very self-aware and like I said the yeah. fact I was black the mm. world kind of made me be like just be very aware of what you do and when yeah. you do things it's treated very differently so yes. you then okay. naturally start to analyze yourself and start mm. to second guess yourself a lot um mm. so so yeah that's what I sort of mean by some things I'm um, helped my emotional health because in a way I'm a very self-aware person yeah um okay. and I naturally you can, kind of had to yeah, yeah. I kind of had to yeah <laughs> I mean that yeah. is almost yeah. a coping yeah. mechanism of, of a lot of the yeah. life experience I've been through but then also it means some things you even though you're so self-aware you are also burying yeah. so that's what mm-hmm. I guess makes it an interesting cycle because you're like I'm I thought I was really self-aware I didn't know th- yeah. this was here <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> oh man so, yeah. found you now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's so interesting to sort of think about. And I think, you know, obviously your experiences of moving and I can't believe you're on a plane on your own at eight years old. It makes me like, oh, (laughs) like, I mean, actually, I think that's, again, obviously my own experiences of like, you know, I'd I'd never be in that position. But that's, of Mm. course, because I was, you know, born here and I stayed here. And, you know, Mm. I've literally lived in Brighton my whole life. (laughs) I literally haven't. I mean, and so I think 
that's so interesting and obviously you know that feeling of being different and I think mm. it's really interesting the point you make you know I I just even if you know I do something slightly different to everyone else it's going to be looked on you know actually viewed so much differently compared mm. to people who are white because I'm a different color to them mm. and that's going to be held mm. under a microscope you know quite a lot I guess um yeah. Yeah. and so that's you know will definitely definitely have an impact and yeah I like sort of that it feels like that balance of okay I am self-aware but there is also a lot of stuff that I've had Mm. to process um Mm. not only from having to move country but because um of you know obviously the racial difficulties within this country and Mm. the feeling of being different and all of that so yeah bless you that's a a (laughs) lot as well Yeah. yeah um yeah and how about in your teenage life I guess so sort of from being you know when you were sort of in England and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. How those things sort of affect I you? I think I really did assimilate and I and I'm, mm. I was naturally someone who um, was very quick to adjust to whatever environment I needed to be in as a teenager. Mm. And I think naturally all teenagers to a degree are like that. I think when yeah. you're a teenager, <laughs> you shapeshift a lot. Not, not just because yeah. you, I think you're also trying to find yourself. You're trying to find what, where do I fit in? Who am I? What yeah. do I like? So you change a lot yeah, of things of all the time, a lot of different friendship groups and all that yes. sort of stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Your parents just have to kind of sit back and be like, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> That is literally the life of a teenager. Two <laughs> parents asking, "What the heck is going on with <laughs> this child?" <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. Think, um, alongside with that, I think I did pick up a lot of like m- emotionally uh, this ability to just kind of adjust my emotions to what environment I was in. Um, yeah, and I found especially being in white spaces. Mm. Um, I had to ensure, I think, yeah, even being the synonyms attached to being a black male, I think I always made sure I was very well spoken. I was Mm -hmm. very calm. I was very like, I, it was Mm. just a subliminal thing that I think you emotionally make sure you are making Mm -hmm. everyone else in the room uncomfortable. Like I wouldn't want you being threatened by me. So I'm going to like do everything I need to do emotionally, physically, whatever to to adjust. I think I did that a lot as a teenager, especially because at the time growing up, that was when a lot of the um, like knife crime was like beginning to be talked about more in England and like gang violence was beginning to be on the news a lot. And we were seeing, um, I wasn't from London, so I moved to Southampton, but we're seeing a lot on the news, like um, postcode wars. And it was a lot Mm. of the time attached to black teenage boys. Mm. So I was very um, kind of aware of that at the time. So I think uh, as a teenager, it was a a weird time where... Yeah, that must have been hard. uh, Yeah, you you, you then are in a place where I went to very... um, I was fortunate to go to really good, like schools and then um colleges yeah. but it then i don't want to make a stereotype but it naturally meant that it yeah. was very white like out of my college yeah. there was about two thousand pupils there was quite a big college yeah. but 10 of us were black like it was wow it was such a oh, strange thing it was really low it was yeah. in winchester so if anyone okay. knows winchester yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i it. mean um, <laughs> generally the south coast is yeah. you know <laughs> yeah so that's where i think i grew up um, as a teenager yeah. but I think emotionally I, I also was coming into my own as well I think yeah um I was so thankful for having 
a youth group and a church that mm. um, always really made me, I think that was a massive difference that made me feel like, but I'm made exactly how God wants me to be. And yeah, um, yeah I, I always felt very comfortable to know that almost not to not to bury too much of my emotions in trying to become a person that the world around me wanted me to be yeah um, yeah 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 and even my relationship with my mum as a teenager I think mm. because we really came here us two we really formed mm. such a close bond that we were always very honest with each other very like open yeah. communication so I really learned that mm. um at home so I, I'm yeah. glad I had that space where I could uh have complete honest check-ins of how I was feeling or like yeah. all the questions you have in, about life and again yeah. another space at church to ask all the yeah. questions about God and the world yes. so I think having yeah. those spaces really saved my emotional maturity um because mm. I think sometimes you can sort of get to a stage in life where you're like wait a minute who am I because I've been so busy mm. being someone else mm -hmm. or like feeling mm -hmm. like I need to be someone else that I never actually get to feel like me um yeah but I'm quite thankful for all those spaces that I never yeah. fully got to adulthood or yeah. um, adolescence and sort of had that yeah. crisis. I think everyone uh, must have that a little bit, but yeah. it could have been a lot worse. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think it's so important for every, I really, every teenager should have a space where they can be themselves mm. and they can ask the questions they want to ask and, they just got a space to explore. And I think you don't, you know, you don't find out everything about yourself as a teenager. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. learning things about myself this year and I yeah. know people yeah. older learning new things. So I don't think you ever stop learning about yourself. Mm, that's so but true. I think that's such a like pivotal time in your life. And I think especially when you're going through puberty, it's very, mm. again, it's a bit stereotypical to say that, oh, it's hormones and stuff, which yeah. it really isn't that, isn't just that, I think. But also that, has a big part to play in it as well. And mm. so I think, you know, it's especially important as a, you know, adolescent, teenager, um, mm. young person, youth, whatever you want to call them, um, <laughs> that they have a space to to explore those things, to ask questions, to, yeah, to find out more about themselves in a space that they're not going to be judged for it. And mm. I think, unfortunately, schools don't necess aren't necessarily that place at the moment um, no. because... Uh, the rise like heightening the bullying and mm -hmm. just you know also the fast-paced nature of it and it's all about exams and tests mm. and you know all of that and and then with obviously cuts to youth services across the country where oh, youth clubs yeah. are having to be closed and what if you don't have a great home life where you feel like you're able to be safe mm. and actually mm. you know that is hard and that really is difficult I was very blessed and fortunate to have such an amazing family growing up that oh, wow. I always could be myself you know that's so um, good and then I had church later on in life also um but you know if you know I hadn't had that that I think that's really hard mm, um mm. and so yeah I think I think it's really important to to find that space that you feel you know and I guess that's you know I guess looking into sort of I did a lot of research and sort of like in my uni course about sort of gangs and that kind of thing mm -hmm, and obviously mm -hmm. there's you know the getting into crime and that kind of thing and actually it's usually just because they're needing a space where they feel heard and they Absolutely. want to belong and they you know are not getting that anywhere else and the Absolutely. only place they feel understood is by this group of people um yeah, yeah. and it once I think when you sympathize and understand those reasons and that's I remember that period of time where you know I think 
obviously, especially for you sort of being black and sort of, you know, those connections with like, actually there was a lot of stigma Mm. around that. Um, But it was, you know, the media, how they portrayed them was as these scary people. It's actually, if you break it down, it's like, well, there's just, the systems failed them. Like, you know, society has failed them. They've not had a place in their, they've just found, they found their family and belonging in this area. And Mm. yeah, I think it's, it's really hard and so yeah it's just I think it's so important for yeah young people to find those spaces and I'm really glad you I'm really glad you had them especially if it's you know especially for you and your mum sort of coming over Mm. to England and you know that's that's quite intense um did you stay in contact much with your like relatives and family and that kind of thing I think I I did I think um at the time it was a little bit difficult so I'm not I can't even remember like when I first got my first phone as well so technology was advancing at the same time I think it would be so different if it was now I think FaceTime would be such a thing and WhatsApp would be such a thing yeah um but I think technology was limited I actually remember what we used to do is we'd have to go to a you'd have to buy and if anyone has international family you'll know this you have to buy like (laughs) card and it's like a five pound card and um you then go to an actual pay phone like do you know those like phones yeah and you'd dial it you'd call a number (gasps) and it would basically give you five pounds credit and that's how we used to speak to family and um you'd the phone would cut off after five after a certain amount of time yeah 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 so that's how I spoke to them a lot um before like I had a phone I'd say yes. and then when you did Facebook was a big thing you then you just add everyone with your okay. last name yep yeah <laughs> uh, but then again I guess we used we used social media very differently back then yeah um to yeah, how we, we use it now so I think it's in my later years that I'm like being able to connect and I'm sometimes mm. a- able to go back to um Zimbabwe um but I also do have family here and like my I have siblings here as well so yeah. um we make sure as much as we can um we meet up and stuff but yeah. I think it's very difficult having family um in another country especially where like wi-fi isn't as accessible in Zimbabwe okay. um and not okay. even just from like um a wealth thing but just as a country mm. like sometimes okay electricity is down for everyone it's that sort of a thing where like it's just because of the sometimes Zimbabwe has had a long history which I won't go into but sometimes yeah Mm -hmm. it's such corrupt systems that Mm. things like electricity are not a luxury or like a not a promised thing yes so um okay I think all these little things have meant that it it has been a bit harder to um, sort of mm. stay in contact with my family, which is why, almost going back mm. to the community thing, I think you do find when uh, people of different ethnicities come to England, sometimes people are like, why do they always go into one group? I think there's this sense of, like, naturally you're trying to recreate... Um, yeah. You're trying to recreate that sometimes. And also you want to be around people who understand you. I think it's very Absolutely. tiring even for anyone to be around people who you constantly have to explain who you are, yeah. why you do yeah. things, why, like just the simple basics. So yeah. how can you build any form of relationship there? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess it's yeah really nice to hear yeah. you sort of articulate the thing about gangs. I think it's so true. I guess we forget that a lot of the time uh, most people in society depending on your gender and your race, mm-hmm. have somewhere where they can call a community uh, or mm. a family. But sometimes, mm. what if you don't? What? Yes. And it's a human need. So 
you naturally whether you know it or not you'll go looking for it so yeah yeah what are we doing to support those people I guess yeah absolutely yeah and I think it's so interesting the point you said about you know just being around people that you don't need to explain you know why you might you know Mm. do certain things or you know who you are they just get it and I remember talking to one of my best friends Becca she you know we used to talk about this you know we she lives in Bath with her husband Mm. and you know when we're making new friends and it's just like sometimes we just like we we miss each other and we want to like hang out because we're just like we just don't have to explain who's who and like (laughs) when we're meeting new people and it's like being around like your closest best friends Mm. where you don't need to be like you can say you know oh my mum or you know my or my auntie this and Mm. they they, Mm instantly know who you're talking about I mean it's yeah, yeah, yeah. really obvious if you're talking about my mum but like she would <laughs> she wouldn't need to know like details because they know they know who they exactly. are and they met them and you know I think um I think that's I guess from a sort of yeah sort of ethnicity point of view as well I can mm. really imagine it's kind of like yeah I understand I get mm. it in, mm. a, in a way that other people won't be able yeah. to understand and get it mm. um so yeah I think that's really powerful um wow that's amazing conversation (laughs) and yeah love hearing about you know obviously the effects on sort of you know your own emotional health and stuff Mm. and um how would you say it's been currently like especially sort of going into more adulthood sort of working Mm. world kind of thing have you found that there's been a shift or you know is it particularly um easier now or harder or a mix I guess um I definitely say it's a a mix I think as you get older, <laughs> adulting yeah. is a whole other process. Yeah. <laughs> um, <and laughs> an some, sometimes you're like, is there even time to manage my yeah. emotions? Um, <laughs> but I think one thing I've really, I think, with the amount of resources we have available to us, like even the mm-hmm. stuff like TikTok, it's amazing how much stuff people mm. share on, like stuff yeah. on those sort of platforms, but just how much I think as a society we're starting to speak more about mental health and starting to have more of these conversations and starting to have more of these educations and of course we have podcasts like this and (laughs) there's so many amazing resources out there um, that are breaking Mm. down the stigma of emotional health and mental health and all these sort of things Mm. that surround this topic um, that I think I've been able to tool myself quite well to be able to in adulthood to um, I guess deal with my emotions in a way that's the healthiest I possibly can at the time I think a way I describe it to my like I was saying this to my friends like with my emotions Mm -hmm. I would say I kind of see it as a car journey like life is very I'm I like sort of pictures and describing things I kind of of see things like (laughs) especially in adulthood life is it's like being in a car sometimes Mm. um it is very fast paced, especially we live in a very fast, fast paced world. Mm. I work a very fast paced sort of in, in a fast, fast paced mm. industry um, <laughs> that sometimes it feels like being in a car and all my emotions are like my passengers. And I think there's sometimes in my uh, older life where it feels like other emotions have been driving the car. Um, yeah. And there I, I move positions in the car. So I would say like, the person driving is like complete control the mm. passenger if yeah pa- can pat can have access to show you a map yeah can passenger yeah. drive they can like alert you of stuff that maybe oh. you're not keeping an eye on I love and this. then there's the people yeah. in the back who um also can be a distraction but then yeah less maybe less so um yeah. but then they, they're like more on the journey they're less concerned about the destination yeah. so i feel like 
in different stages of adulthood, I've been in different spaces and I'm trying to learn to be in the driver's seat as much as I possibly Mm. can. And I always say, I will let every emotion that needs to come and sit in the passenger seat. And like, if it feels like I need to help you, I need to give you directions, then I actually am trying to be a lot better at letting that emotion do that. Even if it's fear, I think it's okay. Like not being afraid of being fearful like yes but then yeah, totally agree the limit I'm trying to do which is it again mm-hmm. very, very not much there but not letting it drive because that's when I think it mm. feels very dangerous and there's sometimes where even like your first graduate job it literally the only way I could describe it to people was like being in the back seat and just watching all my other emotions drive and yeah. I just felt like the car was going so fast and fear and self-doubt and all these different emotions were the ones in charge of the car and I thought they're not the emotions you're going to want to be driving you (laughs) Um, oh my gosh so I yeah I've had to have massive check-ins where I'm like Lance get back in the front seat get back in send them to the back they're allowed to have their moment in the passenger seat but then even there are times that you say fear I need I need someone else you need to to, be in the boot right now like throwing them out the motorway <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's again I guess from my journey of learning of emotional suppression I'm now trying yeah. to unpack that and I'm realizing the sooner I deal with an emotion and even when you do listen to that feeling it's a lot less hostile it's when you do say okay now I've, I have given you a chance to be in passenger seat to mm. the back it's a lot mm. more easier to to sort of deal with that because you're like I fully recognize I feel fearful but at this period in time, I, ca- I, I can't focus on on that. I might I might need a bit yeah. of courage as my passenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, and it's a lot yeah. more easier to transition between the two. Yes. Whereas if you suppress, yeah. that's when you get a bit of a hostage situation where I like to say the, f- yeah. the, the emotion will then almost, yeah. fig- I mean, metaphorically put a gun and be yes. like, you're yeah. going in the back. And I'm like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in the back. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I am so going to steal that and use that. <laughs> With myself, with my clients, (laughs) with everything. I think that is so helpful. And I think you're so right because it's not about ignoring those emotions, but it's Mm. making sure they're in their right place. Yeah. And knowing that, like, I'm, you know, big on sort of thinking, like, you are in control. Mm. It's just sometimes we forget that we can be in control. And we forget to take a bit of authority and say, like, hey, no, you're moving, using your analogy, moving to the passenger seat. You're Mm. moving to the back actually no I can't drive you anywhere at the moment get out of my car um you know and I think and also it's okay to recognize if you've moved to the passenger seat or moved to the back Mm, or you know that mm. and you know I think that's that's okay those there's going to be times in life where that happens because Mm. of you know events that happen or graduate jobs or you know that kind of thing but it's about not letting yourself stay there and as soon as you sort of notice and recognize it be like actually no I I, I'm in charge here. Hold on. Let's um, <laughs> let's take the some authority back. I'm the yeah. one with the driver's license. If we're really going to take the analogy yeah. really far, yeah. um, <laughs> but I love that. That's so helpful, and I think others would really find that helpful too. I guess it's a good question to sort of ask yourself to be like, where where am I in the car at the moment? Mm. Am I am I in control? Am I in control but letting everyone really distract me? Mm. You know, am I in the passenger seat letting? fear take over the driving wheel am I just in the back kind of like completely checked out and just letting you know the car kind of do whatever it wants basically (laughs) um so that's so helpful I love that thank you so much sharing that yeah I love that um great well why don't we take a quick break yeah and then we'll come back and we'll talk about your uh, I mean 
so many analogies but emotional five a day now i feel like we could just finish it there and that would be great but i know you've got some really great things to share there as well so we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and share fab so we're back from our little break we actually ended up talking quite a lot in the break also um but pretty much the stuff we've already covered as well i did actually say i re- I went to a bit of a waterstones shop today and got some new books which mm. i'm very excited about um and then we talked about other podcasts which <laughs> is crazy because this is the only podcast you really want to exactly to. exactly exactly it was just these mysterious of a podcast um but I want to hear about your five-day lance. So as you know, yep. ask every guest to come on and share five things that they do in their life to look after their emotional health. So mm-hmm. the things that are, they stay consistent with. Um, but like we always say, you know, it doesn't have to be every single day. It's not about being perfect. But these are mm. things that you do that help your emotional health. So take it away. Let's take it off for the first one. What's something that you do to look after your emotional health? I think I would have to start with the very holy bible (laughs) holy bible Um, (laughs) what what (laughs) so i think reading the bible for me and connecting with Mm -hmm. god in some form i think in the most recent like since lockdown actually um it has been physically reading the bible but maybe in other parts of my life when i wanted to take care of my emotional health it maybe looked a little bit differently um, yeah. But more recently, it's been actually consistently reading the mm-hmm. word. I think one mm-hmm. thing that I really realised was like this, I can read this book with the Holy Spirit. Because mm. I think sometimes people, even non-Christian and Christian can think, oh, but like, what if mm. what I'm feeling that day isn't in the, like, isn't in that bit I'm reading? But actually yeah. there's yeah, yeah, yeah. this amazing ability to when you read with the Holy Spirit, or knowing you're reading with the Holy Spirit, that he can just like, mm. one sentence can just mean so many different things and actually yeah. speak to you exactly what you need each day. Like, I think I go yeah. in expecting like, what I need today is going to be, there's mm-hmm. going to be something in in this word yeah. that I'm going to be able to take away. Um, yeah. So I'm currently doing Bible in wow. one year. Um, and there's, oh, cool. it's, it, that's quite a nice structure. I mean, this is the second yes. time I'm doing it, but again, still. Okay, um, yeah taking away different things like I can see my yeah. notes from last time I'm like oh gosh look at this I'm getting completely <laughs> different things um, that's so cool so yeah that's I my that. first fruit yeah I love that did you grow up going to church were you did you go to church in Zimbabwe or yeah um, yeah I did yeah. but I think it was very different I think again culturally so, yeah. being religious being a Christian was more of a religious thing so you would okay. go to church on a Sunday as a religious act um okay and it was very much there is a pastor at the front he has all the power he is god chosen Mm. you are just mere people who if you don't come god Mm. will shun you um okay that's my perception i'm not saying all churches in zimbabwe like that um yeah 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 and then i i honestly think it was only when i got to university that i was like wait god actually like wants to know me as me like i don't have to come and perform to god i don't have to like it, it like I can really come to God and know him and like even in a yeah, way like yeah, yeah. not to make God small but God has a personality God has a character like mm. it's not just mm. the version that some at the front's telling me about um yeah. so I think that's really helped my emotional health it's almost mm. like it is like having your own therapist and friend and guider <laughs> because yeah. he knows you and he knows like you have your way of speaking to him and like your prayers aren't um 
so like this is how like so stru- it really mm. is like a conversation and a continual conversation mm. and I guess that's what yeah. prayer is really <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah oh that's great thanks for sharing that yeah absolutely and I think you know we've, we've t- touched on previous things it's always nice to have for everyone to have something that reminds them of you know what they believe mm, and you mm. know grounds them back into kind of like okay this is what I believe this is who I am yeah. um and I think that's you know and for us it's the bible and for other people it might be other things mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's really important to have that as part of you know hopefully daily but quite you know regularly thing that you can touch base with and yeah. be like okay before I get waylaid with everything else and yeah. you know distracted by everything else this is what really grounds me mm-hmm. um so that's really cool um great all right then so that's your first one what about your second one so my second one is exercising I think that is mm-hmm. um something that I think it's quite funny because I do think we live in a the way we see exercise is very toxic and it also can go the mm-hmm. other way but I one mm-hmm thing that I, I feel lockdown a lot of these things have, have actually become healthier oh. in lockdown yeah but um yeah. viewing it especially now in lockdown where we had our social mobility stripped you realized how actually moving your body mm. isn't just about like getting a like body type or like burning calories it's actually mm. really about like there's something that happens when you move your body that like mm. um sounds very cringy but reminds you you're alive and remind like gives mm. your body mm. or the movement is, has purpose to it um mm-hmm. and I think that's quite nice so at the moment I'm quite into running um mm. so it's quite nice to when I'm feeling happy to run when I'm feeling mm. stressed to run when I'm feeling sad yeah. to run but yeah it has a each run has a purpose each run feels different yeah. um yeah. but all of it what I'm doing is essentially really connecting to my body like I think yeah um athletes are really great with being in tune with their body and knowing exactly how their body feels okay. yeah, yeah, and like yeah, even if course, they need more yeah. sleep if they need more recovery and I think kind mm. of viewing exercise as that point of view has been yeah. such a great thing for emotional health because I, I recently downloaded Nike running app and you can do okay. guided runs and it's one oh, of my yeah. favorite runs is it's called like a 30 minute run um which basically is a 30 minute run where every two minutes the app asks you questions and then you have to think about oh. it for two minutes and then it asks you another question. Um, oh, that's cool. I like that. It's such a nice way to like exercise and move your body and it will ask you like, yeah. what is one thing you've done today um, that would define, that, that, that you would use to define your day as su- successful? Um, or wow. it will ask you even little things like, when was the last time you sang along to a song? And one of the Aww. really nice things it did is, this follow-up question was, um, if it, are you listening to the music you would like to? And if you're not, change it to a song you want because life's too short. And just little things that you're like, oh, I yeah. love that. That that sort of yeah. mentality. Like, why listen to music you don't want to listen to? Like, change the change yeah. change a song. And kind of going back to that, what we were talking about earlier with the car thing of actually you are in control. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's a very grounding thing to move your body with purpose. Um, mm. So that when I say exercise, that's kind of what I mean. Not um, yeah. But I think also exercise where yes. it's like a boxing class that's very much yeah. focused on like f- going and working out is also great and yeah. has its purpose but um absolutely I would say yeah I think you're right in terms of it can become quite toxic where you end up you know feeling guilty if you miss one workout or if mm. your body does need more rest mm. or you know you think oh gosh no but I've got to hit that this 
reducing this amount of calories yeah. or you know and that's when it becomes toxic mm. um but i think absolutely i think exercise is hugely important and just finding something that works for you um yeah even if it's like a boxing class but because that lets you get out some frustration <laughs> yeah. and you know you just want to go punch something great <laughs> like go for it we've all felt like that at yeah. times and you know doing it in a way that makes you feel good is is brilliant i was going to ask you whether because you mentioned about the nike app do you ever use strava or is that i stay far really away from i think it's great but i, I well i'm so done. competitive yeah. so i'm like why would yeah. i if this is one of my like things that is my emotional yeah. five a day i'm not gonna make it about anyone else or involve anyone else's statistics into yeah. it i think yeah yeah that's so interesting because i because sam basically has downloaded strava and he's a bit obsessed with it um and i'm like surely surely that's not great for you but he's like it's like apparently you give each other kudoses and like you say like oh well done and like sam was like no but it's great because then i follow these people and then i'm like you know when we have a conversation i could be like oh great run you did and i'm like that's just so weird like you know that's so stalkerish like oh i saw that run you did around Preston Park yeah, like yeah. it's a great run. Oh, it's gosh. so weird but yeah it's really interesting it's kind of that fine line of a bit Sam quite likes a bit of competition though yeah. it fires him up to like run further and he he's he's quite good at sort of balancing that but for me I'm just like why why and I wouldn't want people oh no I like that you don't yeah I think it, like you said it can definitely work for some people but for me yes. the idea of no. all of the kudos the people seeing your runs or it just yeah. no <laughs> just, no I couldn't either I'm with you on that one um I don't really like running so I wouldn't do that but <laughs> anyway um but yeah my thing I found recently on YouTube this um guy who does like steps workout so mm. not to the band steps even though that would be great um he does literal steps yeah, like yeah, yeah. so it would be like a seven minute there's one that's like seven minutes and you get up to a thousand steps oh, wow. and i just did it a couple of times in one day one time at lunch lunch and then the other day i did it like in between a session mm. and i was like i'm just going to quickly sort of do this seven minute just to get a little bit of heart rate up but yeah, also yeah. just to get out of my head a little bit yeah. and then i get my steps up and it was really fun yeah. and it was really good and there's so many like creative creative ways of doing it i love going on youtube and finding new like workouts and stuff like that that just make me feel good Mm -hmm. and are just really fun um but yeah i love that that's great yeah stay well away from strava but for some people they love it like they absolutely love it and it's great you do if it works for you go for it um great so that's number two number three what what's your third one um i think nature is is one of one Mm. of my things um and i feel like i'm connecting everything to africa but it really is such a technical part (laughs) (laughs) i grew up in um so we had like you naturally have a lot more space so i think i've always loved being outside being connected to nature and um i do think there's something about the way god has created us when we are at our like Mm. in our most rawest um when we're in nature and and are at our most rawest point we mm. are feel there's something that I think just really feels at home. Um, so I mm. think when I'm like I live in, so where I live is quite near Slindon and 
that's a, mm. if for those who don't know, it's like an area that is just full of woods mm. and full of fields and full of all different. I did an engagement shoot there this oh, year and I'd, I'd never been there before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we just came across it and we parked in the Bluebells Woods car park and oh, um, that bit. Yeah. Um, and it was beautiful. It's really so lovely. nice. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I go out there every before most mornings i go out for a walk or like i'll either i also live near arundel um so being in nature and physically like hearing like birds chirping like seeing the sun and actually this year i still did it in winter like i still would go out in nature in the winter or like and just watching seasons and like just for me when however i feel i think it's so important for me to just watch the world exist because i such a weird thought and this is just shows you that my mind but i always think like whilst the world's in chaos like the woods are still the woods like i can't explain like do you know when you if you ever stood in the woods and it's like completely still and like everything's just swaying yeah. and you're like it would be like this whether i was here i was here to notice it or not like if yeah. suddenly we went into yes. lockdown like oh, the woods so and the birds don't stop being they just carry on but like yeah. us as humans yeah. we're so like everything our world looks different but in yeah. nature like the ocean will continue to be the beach will still be the beach not it just doesn't yeah, yeah, change yeah. and i don't know i that's one thing i just love about um wow. you can get lost in that idea like yeah in that little world <laughs> oh that's so oh i love that lance like i think you should be a poet um <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, like, I think that's that's actually so true and that's probably what connects us to it without us even realising mm. is the fact that we know it's going to, apart from maybe, like, the leaves changing yeah, but the, yeah. or those kinds of things, but the roots of it, the mm. kind of, you know, that will be the same and that, that will be there for us whether we're having a great day or a bad yeah, day. Yeah. And knowing it's there, I think, is really powerful. You know, I always said my favourite place is the beach. Mm. You know, I... I always feel better from going to the beach mm. and it's my place I go when I feel really sad and I want to have a cry. Mm-hmm. It's my place I go when I feel really happy yeah. and I love it in winter. I love it in summer. So um, I just love the beach. And I think, you know, that's why I've always loved growing up in Brighton. Cause I feel like I can breathe mm. being in Brighton. Mm. Cause I know I've got the seat and I think, you know, I had, you know, I still do struggle with anxiety and, mm. you know, alongside depression and that kind of thing. And so just when you need just the space it's yeah, so nice to look out at the amazing. sea and be like oh it's still those waves that are really like lovely and gentle but also it is just that space mm, you know i th- mm. you know and that kind of feeling of oh i feel like i can breathe mm. and yeah it's, it's just so lovely absolutely love the beach and yeah absolutely finding those those bits of nature that are the same for you yeah. and you know that's a safe space to go to yeah. i think is is really cool and yeah I love that. Oh, yeah. wow. Th- that's, thanks I for sharing that with me. I Slinton. love that. That's yeah. also really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, just, yeah, flipping love the bleach. Beach mm. is great. I even don't mind the fact that we've got, we're in Brighton and we've got Pebbly Beach. And <laughs> actually, I do love a sandy beach. Mm. Do love them. But sand gets flipping everywhere and i can't imagine like when it's cold and in the winter i don't really want to sit on the sand i i I much first sit on the pebbles so yes it is a little bit uncomfortable you have to find a bit of a groove if you're (laughs) sitting down on it like make a little bit of a like seat that you can like get comfy in but i think that's better than sand i think you're right actually i never thought of a wet beach because i guess yeah yeah (laughs) like a wet sandy beach exactly (laughs) 
wet sandy beach when you yeah and it's just cold and yeah no I'm okay so yeah love the beach great so nature and connecting with nature Mm. that's great number four um I think number four for myself is probably in specific I would say uh rich and deep connections with people I think that is Mm -hmm. one of my five a day I wouldn't say wait sorry you're a deep thinker is that right (laughs) is that you like deep thoughts and world and never guess that from this conversation (laughs) (laughs) massive shock um but yeah naturally I guess being a deep thinker then I also require that from the relationships in my life um I am I'd say I'm in the middle like I'm I'm, Mm -hmm. can be extroverted but also can be quite introverted um so I can again maybe going back to I'm quite adaptable um yeah but I require, I think when my, if I was to go for a five a day of a social connection, it would be like calling Mm -hmm. a friend who I know I can just completely Mm -hmm. like have a very honest conversation Um, Mm -hmm. or just, yeah, like even stuff like this, like really talking about like Mm -hmm. everything and anything um, Mm -hmm. without a limit on it or without feeling awkward about it. I think that Mm -hmm. is definitely something that's really great and not that... um, Mm -hmm other forms of relationships don't have their time and space but I think Mm, if I had to pick like my emotional five a day it would definitely be Mm. specifically deeper conversations because I feel like if Mm. I am lacking in emotional Mm -hmm. health then a Mm. surface level connection for me would is going to drain me more than anything and I would okay um, yeah 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 I'm not I'm not uh like daring enough to to be honest with it and be like because I love people who are very like almost it can come across quite, quite blunt but they they don't they're very forthcoming like I don't do small talk yeah um and they're very like okay even if we don't hit it off that's fine but like let's not f- yeah. force the small talk and um, yeah yeah yes yeah I love when people do that because it's just like oh it's quite yeah. refreshing but I know yes. it's maybe not the best social norm um it doesn't, it doesn't always go down well but <laughs> I, know. Um, I know I wish I could be a bit more like that because there are times where I'm like I I, I need deep connection um, yeah. or some some form of yeah yeah and I suppose sometimes that can be quite hard to judge whether someone's going to give that mm. to you or not mm. and then also you also don't want to be rude and say oh I'm sorry this conversation really is not giving me anything <laughs> like it's just it's again it's not great party conduct um but I guess it's again knowing it's again being in tune with yourself mm. and knowing what you need that day and actually thinking okay actually I know these people in my life yep. can give me these yep. conversations you know naturally mm. and so I'm just gonna uh near them at the moment yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and protect my time maybe going to a big group gathering where I don't know many people actually yep. isn't going to be very good for me today yeah. or maybe I just go for half an hour and then, exactly. you know make a graceful exit <laughs> um you know um so yeah so I guess it's being aware of that is mm. yeah totally being in tune with yourself and yeah but I we were saying just before we started recording how I also don't like small talk and I just I just love the deep conversations yeah. and just I can't I think I'm I'm an introvert so I think that's the sort of introvert kind of mm. counsellor type within me that I just I love a deep conversation I'm an open book about things basically yeah, which can sometimes so not be great <laughs> um but yes but also actually I do quite I do quite like it um and I think that term where you're saying like sort of in between introvert extrovert I think it's called am- ambivert that's it yeah yeah I think it's called that I just suddenly thought yeah which is quite um 
yeah, quite like that. Mm. It's, yeah, sometimes you get filled up being by yourself, sometimes filled up by being with other people. Yep. And I guess that depends on who it is and what day it is yep. and what's going on for you. No, it's so yeah. true. And one thing I've actually, yeah. um, which I will preface on that, if you are someone who, like us, I guess, who likes deep conversation, mm. I've actually mm. learned to start asking the people who I'm seeking that from, are they in the space mm. to, like, be deep? Good one. Sometimes yeah, I'm like, yeah, yes. higher, like, are you available emotionally? Because yes. I, sometimes I know it's like, well, maybe you're not emotionally well and someone reaches out mm. and you're like, I'm barely hanging in here. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure if I can support yeah. you right now or like give you what no. you're looking for. So I think it's quite good yeah. to ask the people around you. And I guess be quite like forthcoming because if you are close, yeah. I guess it's easy just to be like, um, no or actually yeah I've, I've got yeah. I've got the capacity to to go deep today um, yes yeah absolutely and I think sometimes those I, I'm speaking more from my experience mm. um like I guess sometimes for me deep conversations don't necessarily have to be about the serious things no, in life no. sometimes it's a deep conversation about line of duty yeah, like yeah. which I'm currently obsessed with yeah, and yeah. I, I think I talked about it in a podcast I recorded earlier <laughs> and you know just but it's something that you know it's not gonna impact the world well I, yeah. I personally think it's, it's amazing but it's you know to, actually uh, right it's important to me yeah. yeah it's really important um but um but also actually it's just but it's also a kind of fun conversation mm, but mm. it's you know it's not anything about you know solving the world's problems no. or even solving your own problems mm. but it's just giving you um something that you're really an enjoyable conversation mm -hmm. so you know and i guess for those things you have to have those connections with people to know that to oh it. this person also watches line of duty yeah, and yeah. is obsessed of it so we can talk about it um or yeah so i kind of like that yeah exactly but then you know the people that you know you can have a bit of a serious conversation mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. um yeah that's great we're on to the last one, Lars. Yeah. Um, number five. What was your fifth thing that you wanted to share? I saved my most quirkiest until last. Love um, it. And this is something I don't tell people a lot. I feel like I've said, I've told quite a lot of stuff that I don't often talk about um, in this podcast. But um, I would We're say... We're getting all the insight here, yeah, guys. exclusive stuff. Exclusive for Lance. Um, I would say I actually really enjoy creating video like captions um and it's one of my five a days i don't do it a lot like i think it's my form of like documenting my emotions mm -hmm. i think some people journal mm -hmm. when so i sometimes mm -hmm. i do do that um yeah but i one thing i really just enjoy self-documenting and one way of doing that has actually been like literally i um will just turn on my like front camera and talk at yeah. it like I'm speaking to someone or yeah. and I I used to do this before vlogs were a thing so like I didn't even get it from oh, like YouTube so if only, I, if only I had uploaded <laughs> you them you should have got in on it like <laughs> could you be now know, you'd be the next Zoella <laughs> but then I think you know I, I never would have had the bravery to like put out oh, your like gosh. weirdest self yeah. on the internet <laughs> um, but yeah I think it's it's a really nice form to be able to like uh, sometimes you do look back and think, oh gosh, that's very dramatic. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but um, it's quite nice to like verbally get it out. And especially I'm mm. an only child in a sense, like from my mum's side. Um, mm. So I grew up with my, as an, like 
kind of an only child but with siblings mm. um so being able to like verbalize that out sometimes to a camera um it's yeah. quite nice and expressive and if you are someone who's like very expressive and um mm. but then also doesn't always want to journal it's so much fun yeah and um yeah. and a really great way to someone's watch back like I did I have mm. shown friends the videos and some videos we would honestly be like rolling over <laughs> laughing because I'm being Aww. like so serious about stuff but obviously sometimes yeah. just the way life happens you it's quite funny yeah. like a month later yeah. um so yeah I love that so much <laughs> oh I love that I think that's such a nice way of yeah I think I think you have to be you know have to have a quite a bit of self-confidence I think also to sort of do that mm. and you know whether you're posting it or not mm. you know even just recording it for yourself I think that's really brave um but it's a really nice way of having that self-reflection and um you know I used to well I've done quite a few of those one second a day oh, yeah. videos and that's obviously not quite the same because you're not you know it, I'm not doing like a vlog entry or mm. something like that but um I've always really appreciated that of seeing like how things have changed over the years and just like really quickly mm. but there's definitely been times where I think actually it's I think it's important to capture both the good times and sometimes the bad times mm. to remind mm. you like you know things do get better you know feelings pass and yeah. you know I, de- I've, I think I've definitely got a video of me crying on my phone <laughs> somewhere just to like you know I think sometimes you just again you just I don't want to talk to anyone, but I want to talk yep, yep. Um, and just like get it out. And then sometimes I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never showing that to anyone. But also I'm like, hey, when I have days like that again, which I will mm-hmm. and I have had since, you know, actually I know that I also felt better mm-hmm. from that as mm-hmm. well. Um, and I think also, I think it's, you know, what you said like about just how life works. Sometimes when you look back at it, you're like, oh my gosh, I was so dramatic about that thing. <laughs> But that's so encouraging for right now because there'll be things now that we look back in five years and we're like, why did we worry yeah, about that? Yeah. But it's human nature to do that, isn't it? So At I think it just to encourage us to not over worry about things right now mm-hmm. and know that, you know, that, is it Lord of the Rings reference where they say this too shall pass or is that? I feel that, that is. That's not. I feel like it's not. I feel like it's not. That might. I might be misquoting like Shakespeare or something. Or is it like, no, oh, no, no, okay, the Lord pass. of the Rings one know. is you shall not <laughs> pass. <laughs> not this too shall pass. Who did? Hold on, I'm going to have to Google it. Who did oh, this too like... shall My mum my will be able to tell me. Um, um, see, I, shall not I have pass. actually watched one of the Lord of the Rings, but I, yeah, I wouldn't have known. I would have believed no. you. I would have, I would have, I would have yeah. gone along with that. <laughs> I don't, it's a, oh, it's a Persian ad 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 age. Mm. Uh, apparently, apparently the Bible says it as well. Just, just, I don't know. I like uh, it either way. How weird. Yeah, it it it's nice. I, I, I don't know who said it, but um, it's not Lord of the Rings, guys. That's a misquote. Um, Every <laughs> you time shall not that pass is very anyone different. watches that, like, I hope they think to this moment. <laughs> This too shall pass. No, it's not that. <laughs> oh, well, that's great, Lance. So, can you quickly just sum up the five that you mentioned really quickly? Yeah, so Bible, yeah. number mm-hmm. one, connecting with God, um, but reading mm-hmm. the word and being uh, sort of grounded in who God says I am and who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, nature, so being out in yeah. nature and being mm-hmm. surrounded by uh, the natural world. 
mm-hmm. exercise and running with purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deep connections in my life, so all the deep yeah. uh, and rich connections socially. And then last but not least, video, vlogs, voice, voice memos, self-diaries. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so great. Oh, Lance, this has been an absolute pleasure for you to come on the oh, podcast. Oh, thank you so much um, for having me. I'm, oh, just, you know, I said to you beforehand, I was like, when I was thinking about people I wanted to interview, I was like, I really want Lance to come on. Oh, so I'm so glad a... that we've been able to make it work. Um, and thank you for all that you've shared. And I know it's going to really encourage people. And I've taken away the car analogy that I'm definitely going to be using yeah, in my sessions. So do, thank you for do. aiding my emotional wellbeing sessions. <laughs> my young people will be very appreciative. Um, but yeah, but it's been lovely. And we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's been so much fun. You see, I told you it would be an amazing interview. Oh, so many things we discussed and I just love that. And we are, yeah, we both love a deep conversation. So, um, but thank you so much, Lance. He's, you know, you, you're amazing um, if you're listening to this. And yeah, I've, obviously I've told him that already. Um, but yeah, that was so great. Absolutely loved having him on. Um, just such a great guy to chat to. And if you ever get the privilege of hanging out with Lance you definitely won't regret it but yeah I hope you guys loved listening along to today's episode we'll be with you with a new one as always next week um give us a rating on apple Podcasts. you can follow us on social media at emotional health podcast you can email us at emotional health podcast at gmail.com so basically guys just get in touch let us know what you're thinking of this these episodes just any sort of feedback and reviews would just be so highly appreciated um you know we're being active on social media and you know you can come and engage with us there on instagram facebook Um, But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it and sending you so, so much love. Bye.